is reality broken? And if so, can games help fix it? On today's episode of Board Game Faith, the bi-weekly podcast exploring the intersection of religion, spirituality, and board games. And to help guide our discussion today, we're going to be taking a look at the first couple chapters of Jane McGonigal's fascinating book, Reality is Broken. My name is Daniel Hilty, and I am honored and overjoyed today, uh, as always, to get to share in this journey with my good friend, Kevin Taylor, live here from vaccination headquarters. <laughs> You're feeling pretty good after your, your newfangled newest booster. COVID vaccine, yeah. Good, good. I'm invulnerable to anything. <sighs> Meteorites, had... radiation. It's awesome. I, I noticed you had a certain kind of impervious look to you this morning. <laughs> I'm glad to hear it. I'm glad to hear it. Glad you're fully, fully protected, or at least fully. as much as we can be. Correct, um, correct. So, and we are so honored to be joined by you today, you who are listening. Thank you so much for uh, for tuning in today. If you have listened before, uh, you probably already know that we are a clap-on technology-activated podcast. We have to clap to get this podcast started, you know, like the old awesome technology that got started back in the 70s. And so we like to play a game that results in a clap that begins the podcast uh, officially. Today, our game is an improv skit that combines a uh, a genre, uh, a classic movie setting, uh, with a board game from the top 200, randomly selected, uh, from BoardGameGeek.com, a very popular board game website. Very popular. Very popular. In fact, it would probably, is it fair to say it's the arguably the definitive board game website, Kevin? Yes, it is. That is fair. Okay. okay. There's okay. a rival board game... Atlas? Atlas. But yeah. I don't know that... I mean, it looks nice. I looked at it, but no, it is Board Game Geek. Yeah, yeah. They, but you know, I found board game... Yeah. Board Game Atlas, I found really helpful too, though in some, okay. some ways... I need to look at it more. It's very yeah. pretty. It's much It's good at comparing prices. It's really... Okay. Anyway, Board Game Faith brought to you by Board Game Atlas. No, we're not. Dot, dot board game. Dot, something. Yeah. Um, so today, our opening skit is um, is going to be an improv based on a classic movie western. We're going to be in a, the western film genre. And <laughs> which were strangely um, made in Italy. <laughs> the spaghetti uh, that's right. westerns. It's that's so right. weird. That's right. Maybe we can work in a little Italian references. And the game, <laughs> the game, <laughs> the game awesome. is number 97 on Board Game Geek as of the recording of this episode, mm -hmm. Lord of the Rings, Journeys in Middle Earth. Lord of the Rings, Journeys in Middle Earth. Kevin, I, I have a, just a little, a couple sentences from Board Game Geek describing this game. May I share it with you and the listeners? You may. To, okay. Because I don't think either one of us have played this game. But, we haven't, but I kind of so, want to. This sounds yeah. fun. So from Board Game Geek, this is a description of the game. Embark on your own adventures in J.R.R. Tolkien's iconic world with The Lord of the Rings, Journeys in Middle-Earth, a fully cooperative, app-supported board game for one to five players. You'll battle villainous foes, make courageous choices, strike a blow against the evil that threatens the land, all as part of a thrilling campaign that leads you across the storied hills and dales of Middle-earth. That's Game of Thrones. We got all sorts of themes. 
It's a game and a game and a game. And a game and a game. So so that's our setup. We got to do a uh, a Western improv that involves Lord of the Rings, Journeys in Middle Earth, and ends in a clap. And maybe we can make some Italian references, too. Is that, does that all sound good to you, Kevin? It's three games in one. I, I love it. I'm excited. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm going to use the... Uh, the uh, the improv um, beginning bell to get us started. Okay, and then and then we'll get uh, we'll get started. Um, oh, alrighty. Oh, 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 no, that was not the bill. That wasn't the bell. That was not that the was bell. Just, no, no, it was the prelude right, here, bell. Here we go. Here we go. It's more little X Files. <laughs> Well, howdy, partner. Welcome uh, to the uh, friendliest Western town in uh, all of the West. Uh, good to see you here. What brings you to, to these here parts? Well, uh, friend, amigo, I'm a Texas Ranger, and there's been a report of some insider cattle wrestling hustling going on in this town. No, you don't say. I, I say Involving both cows, steers, and manicotti. Oh, no. Stranger, I got to tell you, we pride ourselves here in um, <laughs> West Smithtonville South. West Smithtonville South on being a, being a law-abiding town. And I can't here believe that we've got all this nasty tomfoolery going on. The uh, cattle rustling and the, and the manicotti stealing. I was, I was, <laughs> tarnation. <laughs> You're influencing my, my accent. <laughs> Don't try to copy you. Uh, I'm afraid that's right, sir. I've uh, just came over the crest there, saw the very nice uh, uh, the vineyards there. I wasn't sure what you're doing with those vineyards out here in West Texas. I don't think you can really grow grapes. This really feels more like Italy to me, but uh, I don't know. Texas can be a little strange. Well, we've, we've been trying. We've been trying, Miss, uh, Miss uh, Cunningham over there. Miss Cunningham, she's been working Senora hard on, Cunningham. Growing, on growing grapes. And, uh, you know, we think uh, she might just do it. It's uh, right. put, put our, our city on the map for our, our wine. Well, you know, you know, stranger, I be, by the way, uh, my, my name is... Uh, 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 Wayne, Wayne, Wayne. You don't Wayne-y. seem too real confident in that name. Might that be an <laughs> well, alias, I, sir? I, I just, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to give it the proper gravitas, if you will. Now, the uh, weird thing is, is the name I had reported for the one that's been cattle rustling and sheep herding and manicotti stealing is, uh, is Wayne. No. So I think we're going to have to have us a shootout unless. You can come up with an alternative way to settle this mano a mano, stranger. <laughs> stranger, I gotta let you know we we don't we don't have shootouts here in this in this here town. We we are uh, we're trying to adhere to more uh, we uh, we uh, more more kind of uh, c- civilized ways of settling our our disputes, if if you will. But you know what, we do <laughs> like to settle our disputes uh, with this uh, new uh, this newfangled thing called a. Uh, Called board hobby board games. Have you played oh, a hobby board games, sir? Strange, sir. Sounds a little European to me. Hmm. Uh, mm, Don't take to that continental ways. Mm, we're fully American, <laughs> sir. We are fully American here. But these are American board games. This board uh, game is in Italian, sir. I don't understand. <laughs> so, sir, uh, 
Uh, here, come come on over here to my board game closet, and I'll I'll show you what what we've got available here. Because I have to, I have to uh, to uh, to to redeem my besmirched name. So here we. Um, Texas Ranger Walker walks up to, to, and he's got his hand on his gun just in case it's a surprise ambush. But nope, he is consternated to open a door and find a pretty good collection of board games. <laughs> I see. Up here, you got your party games. Over here, you got your cooperative <laughs> games. Down here, you've got your your uh, Euro style games, but they're still fully American. And I'm, then over I'm, here, we have the uh, abstracts. Anything I'm, good? I'm to still use, confused, sir. sir. Do, you, uh, do you shoot these for our target practice? I'm a little consternated on the how these things work here. On, only if you lose. <laughs> Which is why we go through board games a lot out here in. West Smithton. I gotta Hill say, South. your accent sounds a little more Georgia than Texas, <laughs> but I still I'm dig sorry. it. I say, sir. I Colonel say, Sanders. I say, <laughs> Good I day say, to you. It's the biggest chicken I've done ever seen. <laughs> I, I say, <laughs> sir. <laughs> now, where's right. my mint tulip? Okay. <laughs> Sorry. By the way, we have wonderful listeners from Georgia, so I apologize. And Texas. If this, if this, and Texas. If this is a, I, I'm just trying to come up with a Western movie accent, and it's not meant to be directed toward anyone. All right. So, so I, I think the time is upon us. I, I feel we should settle these differences so I can redeem my besmirched name. My besmirched name, I say. <laughs> so uh, I'd like to take this one off the shelf. It's called, um, it's called, it's called Lord of the Rings. Journeys in Middle Earth. I'm gonna I'm gonna set it up mm. quickly here. Um, so here I'm, I'm setting uh, quickly. it up quickly. You have a piece of glass, sir, that you seem to have plugged into a wall. I do not understand this piece of glass. This is what they call a a a, a tablet, sir. A tablet, a like tablet. Moses. Um, uh, years from now, there's going to be invented this wonderful thing called electricity. <laughs> and uh, actually, I think it's probably been around by this point in in. They just shot all the wires out. <laughs> That's right. But uh, years from now, there'll be invented this wonderful thing called a tablet, an electronic tablet. It's not like a tablet you take when you're sick or a tablet you ride on with a piece of chalk. that Moses revealed the law of God on. Absolutely. Because I, I hear that Moses was a high-tech dude. He had two tablets. They he had two tablets. He, well he, was, he was ahead of his time, sir. Ahead yes. of his time. So, um, but this is an electronic tablet. I'm going to set it up here. And I'm going to get the app started. Boop, 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 boop. Oh, so many lights there. Boop, boop. And uh, we get started. And now here, uh, you get to play. Uh, you get to pick. Do you want to be Frodo or do you want to be the orcs? I'm going to go with Frodo because the bullets will go right over his head. Too short. Oh, I like it. I like Oh, oh, wait. Low I was slung mistaken. of Frodo. This, was, this is a fully cooperative game, I am told. So we're, I'm not actually not playing against you as the orcs. I'm going to be playing as your companion, um, Sam. Hmm. So you're Frodo, and I'm Sam. And Pleased to meet go, you, sir. It's nice to meet you. So let's go. We're going to go walking across this board here with these little miniatures. These are highly manly Western miniatures. And we're walking across the board. And, uh, oh, now we encounter this little, this little sign that indicates we've had an encounter with a, with a monster or as we like to call them here in West Smithtonville South, a baddie. 
A baddie. A Sometimes baddie. a critter. A critter. We got so, a critter so, on these here premises. So if you would, please, click click that button on the app, and it's going to tell us what happens when we encounter this Okay, I'm going to click this round button here, and okay. the app just went away. <laughs> <laughs> I do not understand how to use this, sir. Uh, no, it's fine. You know what? Uh, t- t- to get it started again, all you got to do is you just got you just got to tap the backside. You just got to clap on the back, and it uh, gets it started again. I see. Okay. But, but it may take the force of two very uh, stalwart... Uh, Westerners like you and me, shall we both clap the back of the tablet simultaneously? Uh, is, uh, I'm, I'm so excited to play this game. I, if you're guilty, I'm gonna. I may have to arrest myself so we can play this in jail in the jailhouse together, <laughs> sir. This is the best it day would, of my life. It would be my honor, sir. It would be my honor um, as long as I can take along my stolen manicotti. Oh, oh, I, oh, I didn't mean to say that. Sorry. All right. Uh, I'm glad right. we're not let's, shooting because uh, I actually don't have any bullets. Now. All right. I'm going to hit this tablet with One, two, a striking three. thing. Go. want to play more of the game <laughs> we should have played more of the game i'm sorry oh it's okay <laughs> the proper attitude of a gamer i wanted to play more yeah yeah it's true That's that was so great funny. that was fun yeah really yeah fun. you're really good i was really convinced well you're <laughs> you're too kind i do apologize if i've offended any oh people it seems like i was doing their accents i wasn't meaning to but um that was awesome. I think making so- fun of stereotypes is a way of affirmation. Well, I need to watch more westerns because I don't. I don't know. I really don't. I don't. No think one I've talks like that. Western. I don't think. No, I've never watched a western. But I, I do love know. the idea that just over the hill there's a vineyard and some guy, you know, making wine in Italy. That's why they called it spaghetti were, western, right? Yeah, they were filmed in Italy. <laughs> That's awesome. That's making awesome. some money. Yeah. So how have you been doing, Kevin? Besides yeah, the, the good, booster, good. pretty good. Yeah. Got, got the. Yeah, pretty good. Good. Got Pretty fall good. here, so weather is cool, nice. Awesome, awesome. Humidity's changed. Glad How about you? Hear yeah, we're doing fine too. Thanks. It, the, the fall has also arrived here in uh, in 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 our parts in our part of the states and here in Missouri. Uh, it's beautiful as well. Just so the temperatures are cool mm-hmm. in the evening and night, and um, just I really, like jackets. Jackets yeah, are fun. Yeah, yeah. Wearing a jacket. I had my, my, my updated booster about a week ago as well, and I've been surprised at how, like you, I really I felt really good afterwards. Mm-hmm. The, the previous boosters kind of threw me for a loop, but this one's Me been, too. Been it's good. funny. Yeah. The last one really, I felt ter- I felt the worst ever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whereas yeah, the prior yeah. ones just left me tired, headachy. But yeah, this one's all right. I may awesome. get one tomorrow again to sneak in. The super imperviousness. Yes, yeah, exactly. All the all the paper clips just start attaching themselves to me as I walk through the drugstore. Right, right. <laughs> like Magneto. Right. right. Well, we've got some listener comments we want to share from our we awesome do, listeners. We do. Yeah. Um, we've got a mailbag. And before we get to the mailbag, I, for, I realized I forgot to say earlier, we have a very special announcement at the end of the episode today. Yeah. So, stick around. Stick around. Yeah, please stay to the end. I, I think I, – we hope you'll be excited. We're excited to share this special announcement at the end yes. of the episode today. So, and, and it is um, that Daniel is pregnant. That is. 
<laughs> special announcement. I'm 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 filled with new life and joy. Yes. For, what for, to expect when you're expecting? For the, time for board games. That's right. Uh, yeah, we do want to open up our mailbag and uh, just give a, a, a shout out to, to several folks. First of all, we welcome several new listeners, uh, many new listeners since the last episode. And we just want to say welcome. We're so thankful to you. We've had um, new listeners from Australia and China and Canada, um, especially Alberta and many other places as well. And if you're in any of those places, we're so glad that you're listening. Thank you so much for uh, for tuning in. We've also gotten some shout outs over the last couple of weeks. And um, we just want to say a special word of thanks to, to those of you really for your kind words. They really mean a lot to us. Folks like um, at Dicepire. Um, also called Board Game Man Dan on um, on Instagram. Um, also at Grenadier BG on Instagram. Um, uh, Alex Radcliffe, our last guest, gave us a shout mm-hmm. out um, at BGC underscore Board Game Co. Uh, and then from Scruffy G on our uh, on our Discord server. Um, and uh, and Scruffy G actually on a Discord server. Uh, also made some comments about episode nine. Episode nine, we may recall, is our is winning the point episode. Mm-hmm. And um, Scruffy G made a really interesting point. This is part of what Scruffy G had to say. They said, we have found that the kingmaker mechanics frequently provide a form of morality check as to how you play the game. I love that. Isn't that so cool? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They say, yes, check. aggressively play and you can get and you can succeed. However, how you try to win could in the end ensure you lose. So that really resonates so with good. you, Kevin. Yeah. yeah, I love that because he's right. Like, there is a moral weight to the game. And let's say you and I have played a game and you've played really well. I may not like losing, but if you played well, I'm like, hats off to you. You deserve this win. Right. But if you won by, I don't know, playing a little dirty or nasty or going after the weak weak person on the board, I may decide, you know what, you don't deserve this. And if I have the ability, I'm going to stop you. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, he's absolutely right. Yeah. I love that. So you need to win. Win as a gentleman or a lady or a gentle person or however you want to translate that into a a decent human being. Yeah. Yeah. The idea that everything, there's a cost to everything, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if you, if you, uh, yeah, yeah, you could maybe win play that way, but it comes at a cost. Yeah, it comes and, at a cost. Yeah, yeah. And as almost a player and the audience, if you've won well, then I'm gonna, I'm gonna say you won it. Good for right. you. Right, right. So there's yeah. a moral choice. I love that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, excellent thoughts, uh, Scruffy G. Thank you so much for sharing, and thanks again to all of, um, all of you for listening. Um, and and a special word of welcome to our, our new listeners and. Uh, a special word of thanks to those of you who gave us the really kind shout outs over the last couple of weeks. They really mean a lot to us and we love hearing from you all. So mm-hmm. please um, drop us your thoughts anytime. We'd love mm-hmm. to hear from you. That's right. So today, Kevin, Daniel. Kevin, Daniel. we are, we're taking a look at um, the first couple chapters of the book Reality is Broken by Jane McGonigal. Um, and I'm, I'm holding Formerly up Formerly of Hogwarts. I don't, I don't know if it's the same. 
I don't know if it's the same McGonagall. You don't? I don't I've just I never don't heard the name so. McGonagall till. It, I mean, it, I'm sure she gets this a lot. But I'm sure she does. It's, I guess it's, it's a, fan- a good sc- Scottish name, right? You know, I guess so. It's it's a fantastic. It's a fantastic name. It, it is. is yeah. But um, yeah, and she is. Um, she she actually has written several books. Um, mm. Another one recently just came out. I heard our bishop is going to be reading it, uh, her, her most recent book. But she's just really one of the leading thinkers on game theory in um, the United States today and, let's say, the world probably, and how uh, games can impact the rest of, of life. And, um, and, and, and so we're taking a look at chapters one and two. I thought we'd start off with chapter one. Um, and... Um, and really, her thesis is, well, I should say the subtitle of the book is um, Why Games Make Us Better and How They Can Change the World. Reality is Broken, mm-hmm. Why Games Make Us Better and How They Can Change the World. Now, she is talking mostly about video games in her book, and this is a podcast on board games, but I think a lot applies to, to board games as well. And she doesn't talk exclusively about board games and Correct. Uh, yes. video games, and we'll be getting into that later. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But her central thesis is that... Instead of being this this distraction um, that we think games are, instead of being something on the edge of life that we think games are, that games actually tap into profound truths about life, about what makes life worth living mm-hmm. and what makes life uh, interesting and valuable and what helps to give us a sense of of meaning and purpose and, and joy in life. Mm-hmm. Uh, happiness is the word she uses. And, uh, and, and so, and by very nature of that really deserve our attention and, and, uh, and energy to see, uh, how we can make games even more fruitful for, for making life better. Yeah. Yeah. And she's drawing from neuroscience research. So I took part of it is that the studies indicate that games encourage healthy aspects of the human psyche. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So they're yeah. actually making us be better humans, yeah. Versus other things that don't make us happy, such as right material possessions that 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 or salary. There are things that that I mean, these things are nice and they can bring momentary happiness, but the deeper happiness experienced in the brain comes from game-like activity, which is really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's, thanks for, that's a great point that, you know, that this isn't just kind of theoretical speculation, like the kind that maybe we often engage in on the show, but right. this is, I mean, right. it's, 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 um, which is fine. There's a role for that too. But she, as you said, she really, uh, draws heavily on scientific studies and research and, uh, and backs up what she's saying by a lot of evidence. Right. Right. We, but I, we do have to caveat some of that, that studies, very wildly and often don't yeah. repeat with the same answer. So just because it's been studied doesn't mean it's true, but it is interesting and it could be true. But right, right. there are plenty of studies that contradict each other. So good. And the question good. of how good the study was. Good point. But, good but she's point. still on to something. But, and you're absolutely right that she is not being theoretical like Bernard Suits is in terms of, of discussing philosophical ideas. She's looking more of at uh, real world situations. Right. And virtual right. reality and video games, but she does recognize Bernard Suits and does discuss uh, board games as well because they are all, all are the same genre to some degree. Yeah, and I think that might actually be a good, good place to begin talking about it. Early in chapter one, the very beginning of the book, she brings up 
Bernard Suits. So a great segue from our previous book discussion of The Grasshopper by Bernard Suits. For those of us, those of you who maybe did not hear that, um, we previously discussed a book called The Grasshopper by a gentleman named Bernard Suits on this book, on the, on this podcast about how games make life better too. Um, and uh, yeah, and so she begins by kind of invoking the spirit, metaphorically speaking, of Bernard Suits and really just praising him um, for that classic definition that uh, games are the voluntary attempt to overcome unnecessary obstacles as, as, as games, uh, definition of games. But then she goes into a definition, her own definition of games, and um, uh, four elements that she believes, you know, are essential for something to be a game. Um, you know, and she says uh, games have to have goals. Um, they have to have rules. They have to have voluntary participation. And, and so far, those first three, I'd say, really have a lot in common with the Bernard Suits definition. Right, now they're coming right. out of Suits' thinking. Yeah, yeah. goals, rules, voluntary participation. But then she has this fourth mark of games that, that I think is really, um, really genius and, and is not in Bernard Suits' definition. It's something that she adds to, which is that games require feedback systems. Like, like systems to let you know how you're doing as you're progressing through them. And I find that really interesting. It's an interesting addition to what makes a game a game um, from the definitions we've talked about previously. Any reactions no, to that? No, she's absolutely right. And that's how – I mean that's the basic question is how do I win? How do I know I'm winning? Who is winning? What do I need to do to close the gap? So so you, you do need – you do need some kind of feedback. I guess – you know, you try to think of exceptions. Maybe poker, and I only vaguely know about poker, but in poker you don't know the cards the other person has. Mm-hmm, but in mm-hmm. some of them, like the Texas Hold'em, there are common cards, so you can kind of guess, and then you're really trying to guess what kind of card they must have based on their gameplay, their betting, their personality, their style, their tells. But mm-hmm. I guess also based on your cards, that if you know you have two aces – what's the chance this other person has an ace out of 52 mm, cards? Mm. So even that, even though some of the information is hidden, you can still glean possibly your, you know, where you are in terms of the hand. And, and that's why you end up folding because you're, you might already know that your chances are not good this round. Oh, so the you feedback know, so system. That. So there's always feedback. Yeah, and the feedback system there is your knowledge of the game. It's almost like the rules of the game. Like there, I, I know there are this many number of cards. There's these mm-hmm. type of cards, and if I have this, right. then I can know that this person. Okay, That's I'm guessing because like a game without any feedback. Let's say we both hide behind brick walls and roll a die, <laughs> and then we peek up and we tell each other what we got. Like that really wouldn't be fun because there's no strat. Anytime you get feedback, there's strategy. I, yeah, you know, when we tried that the other the other week, that was it was really boring. I agree. It I, was, I, and then you started talking great. about Edgar Allan Poe's The Cask of Amontillado, it, and you tried yeah. to like wall me up and kill me, and I was like, this this is really not fun. It, and I'm it took it took a very um, sinister turn, uh, <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah, you brought I, me Taco Bell fast yeah, food. And it's I, okay. I I do. I was trying to make. I do apologize for that again. <laughs> that you're, just, your mortar skills are mortar skills are really good with bricks. <laughs> I was impressed because I thought I could claw my way out, but it was really solid. But I had uh, a cell phone. <laughs> oh, good, <laughs> good, good. It's good. Um, uh, that's a great story, Edgar Allan Poe. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, 
Oh, that story. No, I haven't read that story. You haven't read the, the Cask of Amontillado? The story of oh, our game was a great story. No. Oh, no, I no. haven't. Yeah, no, it's classic. What if I have? It's been a while. Okay, okay. He just hates a guy for an unknown reason, and he sort of traps him and bricks him up behind a wall and lets oh, him die. yeah. It's very creepy. It's good. I think I have seen good, good, Are you good, f- good for Halloween, which is coming up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it reminds me of um, this is a this is a this is a tangent on this is a church history tangent, but you know the uh, um, oh, I forget the, there's a term for it, but there were um, monastics who would wall themselves up. Mm-hmm. Um, do you remember? Do you, do you remember? I think um, I think Julian of Norwich was one, wasn't yes, she? Yes, yes. And she they would get food through a hole in the wall, right? And this and they were. And and anyway, yes, I guess that's a that's a that's a tangent there, but uh, but this was this was, really got to be an introvert. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so I I I think Julian of Norwich, by the way, for those of you who may be unfamiliar with her, was was a a Christian um, mystical writer from the Middle Ages um, in England too. In they England, didn't have many, yeah. I don't think. In England. Yeah, really considered very influential. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, so, you know, and I, the the poker is a great example. The I thought of some other examples that in my, in my own experience, kind of in thinking about, you know, the necessity of feedback to games. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't, and I don't mean this as kind of more as, I don't mean this as a pushback, more as a question. I found that some of my, some of my favorite games are games where at least partially, I don't know who's going to win until the end. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, you yeah. know, like I think about like, for me, I'm thinking of Bunny Kingdom, Concordia, and like Isle of Cats. Those are three of my favorite games. And what I love about all of them is you have this, you select cards during the game. Um, sometimes the other players don't even know what they are. And they, they, they give you these secret scoring objectives ah, at the end. Because I've never played any of those. Yeah. And I, you know, and so you might have these cards that reward you abundantly. Um, you don't know about that. No one else knows about that until the end. But maybe it still is a feedback system because you're getting feedback, even if the others don't know about it, maybe. Yes. And they might yeah. suspect based on your, you know, if, if they know the game well, they might suspect what's what sort of things you might be attempting or trying. Yeah, true. Yeah. True. And, and those sorts of games have a lot of fun because it's a surprise moment. And, and, and you are invested in the game because you're hoping versus a Monopoly where it's probably pretty clear at a certain point who's going to win. Right. And then right. you're just stuck waiting for it to play out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've been getting you into Root, which is such a great game. And yeah. what's cool about Root is it's really a race to 30 points, but there's an alternate win with these dominance cards. And it's kind of like if you can play one and hang on for one full round, you will win. And that's really fun, even though it's really hard to do. I have – so we haven't even got to that talked about that in our game we're playing a game online mm-hmm. is that is that is that coming kevin might that might it that should make be you'll see dominance cards there's four of them and it's okay, usually okay. to control four types of clearings okay okay interesting cool, so, yeah cool. there is a bit of a surprise you don't know who might have that yeah and might attempt it um so yeah i, I the secrets are fun in games and yeah some yeah. sort of feedback and even then deciding to take the alternate win is a feedback because you may be aware I'm not going to win or I could win this way. Right. So alternate win conditions are really interesting. Yeah, secrets. um, Feast for Odin has, I guess, I guess everything in there is public knowledge Mm, to some degree. So that would be the opposite example of you. You, in theory, could count up the points someone has, although it would be taxing. Right. 
Hmm. The uh, yeah. what's the one we've been brass Birmingham. Yeah, um, yeah. I guess in theory you could kind of see how many points someone has, but it would be hard. Right, right, yeah. Because you can see what's on the board. Cool, cool. So, yeah, it's, it sounds like feedback systems really are great additions to um, – Yeah, some to, variation uh, of – yeah, no, I think she's on the rules. something. Yeah. And, and she may be thinking of video games, which have a very immediate often. You can see yeah. the points, your score right there. And the, you're right. Yeah, video games, I think that's one one area where video games really, I think, have the advantage over board games. Um, and obviously, I love board games, you know. But um, they uh, video games could just instantly give you quantifiable, you know, this is how many points you're making. You know, you don't have to calculate it. You don't have to move your marker on the board. You know, it's just mm-hmm. it's constantly giving you feedback on how you're doing. Um, without any effort on your part. And, and the other thing about, about video games, and this is a segue to one of her important topics, is flow, or she brings this up, of getting yes. in this moment. And I read that realizing I think that's what I like in games and why I'm not very good at board games is I get into a flow of just doing certain things. In board games, you need strategy and playing for points. Whereas in yeah. a video game, you can sort of like in Tetris or – whatever halo you're just sort of running around shooting people and you really escape in a certain level but if you do that in a strategic game you're not going to win you can't just say oh i'm going to do this yeah because you're always having to plan things out so i'm attracted to flow yeah 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 flow is this concept that she um introduced the readers to in, in her chapter two um as i understand it yeah originally coined by um, um, the um, uh, American psychologist Mihai Cheek sent Mihai, I think is is how his name is pronounced. I apologize. If I'm what is it? Correctly. One more time, Daniel. Mihai Cheek sent Mihai. One more um, time. <laughs> I, I practice there, so I hope I hope I'm saying that right. And but yeah, uh, just this sense of, and I think as you said, it's an experience we've all kind of had where we're just kind of in the moment of this and. and and uh, we we kind of almost kind of lose a sense of self, <laughs> mm-hmm. we're, we're just kind of in this in, in the moment of um, it's the I think um, Cheek Sent Me High defines it as the satisfying exhilarating feeling of creating accomplishment creative accomplishment and heightened function functioning, um, but it's this sense where you don't want the game to end whether you win or lose, right? And in fact, mm-hmm. and in fact, this is another real interesting point she made. And it's, it's an, I think it's, it's an assumption that she bursts about games, which I love. You know, sometimes a critique about games is, oh, it's all about winning, right? Mm-hmm. She says, no, right? She, she, she says that it doesn't have to be the point of games, that if you're really in the flow of a game, you don't want it to end by winning, right? You, you want the game to continue. It's not about winning or losing. It's about, continuing now it doesn't mean you like um artificially continue the game like like you could win but you don't right you know it doesn't mean that but it means um that that what you're feeling in that moment is that your motive motivator your motivation is not uh i really want to win this game so it can be over with and i can be out of here but your motivation is i i I want to play this game and to play well, I have to play like I'm winning, but like I want to win. Yeah, and see, I wonder if that's a division with video games versus board games because she does cite Tetris and things which yeah. are have this sort of – they're hard and they're challenging, 
it's also very much a timed reaction and you can get in a flow and not even use parts of your brain. You're, you're more of instinctually um, and, and reflexively working, but a lot of, I guess, hobby board games, you can't do that. You've got to be planning out actions and you're really having to analyze and strategize and you kind of don't want it to end, but at a certain point you're exhausted and you have to end it. Because you yeah, can't yeah. think anymore, so yeah. it's it's different brain activity. Yeah, and as Suit yeah. says, you have to have an endpoint and a victory point. But I guess Tetris never ends. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's really, I don't know. Maybe the the, the definitions need to split about board versus video games. I wonder. It's what she defines as it as as an infinite game. You know, there there's this classic right. book mm-hmm. by um, by James Carts called Finite and Infinite Games. Where yeah, you know, and, and she she talks about that, you know, where uh-huh. the point of a finite game is to win it, the point of an infinite game is to keep the game going. And uh, I don't think and, there's any board game that's infinite, it would seem to me. Yeah. Maybe a game like like a, a blackjack, which yeah. again is very much there's some strategy, there's some odds, there's some you can ca- count cards, but it really has much more of the flow of a video game. Because yeah, you're just deciding yeah. to play, you, you either take another card or you don't. Like there's really only two choices, right? And right. then it ends, and then it just keeps restarting, like Tetris, and right. it really can be played infinitely. Um, and My in family, a way, go ahead. Sorry, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Anyway, unless unless you're playing for money, and then you're going to have you do have a budget. Yeah, but if right, you're good right. at it, you can play all day. The professionals really, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, what were you going to say? Your family? Well, is it my family, like your family, like some of your family, I know, uh, is really into to Minecraft. I'm not so much into Minecraft, but mm-hmm. that's. But I mean, it looks awesome. It looks really fun. I've just never gotten into it for some reason. But that's something I've I've secretly kind of admired and maybe even been jealous about watching them play. I mean, that's a great infinite game. I mean, you can just go on forever in that. And and I and I've and I, I I've 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 tried to think, you know. I'm, I'm sure many, many people feel this, you know, is there any way to create that kind of same feeling in a board game? You know, is there any way to create this, that same kind of infinite game that you get in Minecraft or games like that? These, you know, these. See, I, I don't know. I, that's a great I question. Know. I don't know. Back to Blackjack, it's still based on a finite set of cards, but you can reshuffle and reset very quickly. But most board games have a finite span on the table. The resources are finite, so it can't keep going. Right, right. You can yeah. replay it again, but you have to reset. Yeah, like eventually the board just crowds out too much. And maybe some of our and I guess poker. I guess poker is endless. Yeah, because there's you just shuffle the cards, and in a way the game ends. There are a lot of little endings, but those little those little endings don't define the end of the game. Right, they can go on forever. You know, and you could kind of use almost see a board game like that too. You know, there is a little ending when the game ends. But mm-hmm. then you play it again, and the next night you play it again, and the next night you play it again. You know, I mean, is that is maybe that's a way that the finite can become maybe a little bit infinite. I don't know. Yeah, maybe our listeners know. If uh, listeners, yeah. if you have any ideas of games, board games that kind of have touch on this infinite sense, please let us know. We'd love to hear. And D and D, I think D and D is strangely oh, yeah. between the two. You can die, you can lose, but yeah. it really can keep going. There are D and D adventures that have been going on for years. Yeah, that's a great. It depends example. on whether the dungeon master enforces strict sort of deaths, or whether they sort of encourage, find ways to help players out so that they're not dying. 
but then you just example. create a new character. I mean, it's yeah, new, yeah. Right? Role playing games are Role that's games. that's fantastic. Yeah, good, good thought, Kevin. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of games, shall we take our game break? Game break. Game, game break. break. Transition. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> uh, this is our first time trying to game break. The, you, uh, if you've been listening, you may be wondering, what in the world are we doing? Or if you're listening for the very first time, you may be wondering, what in the world are we doing? We're going to, we're just trying out an experiment in the middle of have, talking about a specific uh, game for just a couple minutes and then getting back to our main topic. And Kevin, you and I were talking about, we might just go a little bit deeper into uh, the games that we are going to be sharing for this week's Favorite Game Friday on that we're submitting, at least uh, the Dice Tower does a Favorite Game Friday video. And we're submitting two games, one for you, one for me, on the topic of biggest surprise game, right? Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yep. So and Dice Tower is a channel on a website that's called YouTube. Y-O-U-T-U-B-E dot Mars. Dot Mars. Thank you. And that's on that's you it's avoiding taxes. It's on a computer, right? You find it on a computer. Okay. Yes. Thank you. So what game, Kevin, do you want to just say a little bit what 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 game did you pick or what did what's your thought on what Well, so this is an interesting question. What game surprised you? Because depends on your situation. I, I think for most gamers we research board games and we've played it or we watch videos or we read about it so i'm not too surprised because i often know what i'm getting into so the games that surprise me are often something that someone else has brought or maybe a gift so my brother gave me this game several years ago because he found it on amazon called photosynthesis Ooh, and and it's uh well the cover is beautiful but it's about growing trees. And, you know, trees aren't terribly exciting. They can't have swords. They can't attack. They can't roll dice. They can't draw cards. I guess you could staple the card to the, the trunk of the tree, mm. potentially. Or you could, you could place a card in its fronds. Do they have fronds? I guess that's I, just I think if, Is that a fern? Yeah. That's the sequel. Ferns. Anyway, Ferns. you're growing trees, but it's actually it, it's a lot of fun because you're 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 wanting to place them. It's kind of a tile placement game, but the interesting bit there's the sun going around, and so you're wanting to grab as much sun as possible. But as your trees grow, they cast shade, throw shade, as the kids say. Oh yeah, and hurt the points of smaller trees further away. Oh, so there's a, like a lot of sun going around. Yes, yeah, the outer bits are are more prioritized, or if you can build in the center. So it's it's a really clever, pretty game, and it does make you think about the environment. So you kind of look around, and you're like, oh, that's why that little tree isn't growing much. He's in the shade. Do you actually produce light and shade, or is there some mechanism that replicates that? Like, do you actually look the, at where the shadow is, falls? The sun circulates every round around the board. So it's almost like a clock. Right, right. So, so you don't like generate a physical it, light source, like no, an actual light no. source. That like would a, be cool, actually. No, that, no, it, it, it's a okay. card. It's a piece of, it, it's a piece of wood that's been smashed up and turned into things that we call paper. paper. Or construction board. Paper. Construction. Papel. Paper. So yeah, it just goes around the edge, and so all you really do is choose where to plant. Okay, okay. That sounds great. But it and is I'm cool. Surprised. It's cool. And then your trees grow and you're like, yay, and then I lose, so because I always lose. <laughs> cool. 
Thank you. But Thank I don't you. whine about it. Yeah, that's that's what surprised me. Photosynthesis. Photosynthesis. What Great has surprised you? Yeah. Well, you know, recently, oh, I'd say maybe the last year or two, um, both um, Kristen and, and I have have gotten into more roll and write games, and I just love how easy they are. But there was one that um, I think that looked interesting to us while we were out and um, at, at a store, and we were together, and, and I think. Um, Kristen seemed especially interested in it. We got it. And, you know, and I, I, I we'd done so many roll and writes. I was, I was kind of maybe a little ambivalent on it. You know, I, I didn't really expect a lot for it, but I've, I've fallen in, in love with it, um, which is, which is Railroad Inc., right? Railroad Inc. Kristen has never uh, seen the game again. That's, unfortunately, that's role. probably true. <laughs> there are a lot of games like that. Um, but you know, it's a roll and write where you roll you, and then you have this map where you draw on erasable boards, little railroads and, and, uh, and roads and, uh, interchanges where they, they connect. And there's just something so fun and satisfying about that. Just drawing these little maps with roads and railroads. And it's become, it's a great solo game. It's probably become, it has become right now my, my favorite go-to solo game. I just, I just love sitting down with it at the end of the night and um, just kind of making another map of railroads and roads. And mm-hmm. and um, and I didn't expect to I, – I knew I'd probably like it, but I didn't expect to love it so much. It's been a really great surprise. That is cool. I have yeah. the iPad version, and I could see it. I played it, but the problem with some electronic versions of that stuff is I just go too fast. Mm-hmm. It's too mm-hmm. tempting to rush it, and you really – I think the, the, the actual game where you're – kinesthetically drawing it on the board makes mm-hmm. you slow down and really plan it out in a way that clicking on the iPad, at least for me, is, is a real, it's too tempting to rush it and then, you know, yeah. not achieve your goals. Yeah. But I, yeah. that's a much loved game with lots of variations and expansions and it's a classic. So that yeah. is awesome. Thanks. How many Thanks. can it play up to? Um, you know, I think honestly, I, th- I think it's, if people have multiple sets, it, you know, it, it could be infinite, um, on the board, it's on the box here. It says, um, what does it say on the box? So I can't so find it on the to, box. I don't know. Cool. Uh, that's the kind of game though, that does expand. Yeah. Very it well. comes with six boards. So six, okay, people, so six people given the box could play it, mm-hmm. but yeah, as, as long as you have enough boards, it's infinite. Yeah. And that's a game that has secret information, right? You have a little. You um, cover up or something or am I? No, not, not really. Okay. Um, I mean, I guess you could, if you wanted to, but, um, but I think most things are, pr- are pretty public knowledge. Um, okay. the little thing that looks like a cover up is, is more like, it's more like a reference sheet that just kind of allows uh, you to okay. keep that's track of things. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Good question. Thanks. All right. Well, that's, is that our first, our first game break? That's our first game break. I love our robot audience. They're thank you, Riverside. That's great. Thank you. <laughs> That's our platform we're trying. That Riverside.fm. Yeah, it's been good. <laughs> yeah, it's been really good. So, getting back to our our main topic, then. So, talking about diving in one more dive into this reality is broken chapters one and two by Jane McGonigal. I think one other major theme I think we haven't talked about yet is this idea of happiness, right? That she she spends a lot of of chapter two mm-hmm. talking about scientific research that has gone into, you know, what goes into creating happiness 
uh, in human beings. She calls it, um, she, she talks about the field of positive psychology, but certainly I think religion, um, spirituality, faith, these are questions that, um, that, that those fields wrestle with as, as well. And, um, you know, and, and I, this is all, oh, these are some of the things that get most excited about Kevin, because I love, I love how, how, um, you know, I love this idea of the unity of truth, right? That, that if you get into, if you get into something deep enough, what you'll discover is that it gets at the same thing that something else is getting at from a completely different angle. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, if it's like, if it's true over here, it's true over there. And, and, and for me, at least that's one of the things that I love reading about this, her, what contributes to happiness, positive psychology in, in here and with games, you know, she talks about, um, that at least the studies she cites have, have found that, uh, that, that, that happiness really is something that is generated internally, right? That it's not, it, if we're trying to be happy by pursuing these things that are out here in the world, that we're going to be disappointed and we're never going to be, we're never going to be happy. We're never going to be satisfied. We're never going to be at, 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 at peace, right? Um, that um, I, I think she talks about it as kind of extrinsic versus intrinsic. Mm-hmm. Um, within and, versus without. Yeah. Yeah. Or outside, yeah. Within versus outside. Yeah. Um, and, um, and so, you know, and so, so, she, so she, she really explores what, you know, what are the, the things that contribute toward generating kind of, um, this, this, this happiness inward, inwardly. Um, and of course she, what she says then is that games are great at that. And we'll get to that in a second, but I just, I just got to say, I love, for me, I see that's that's really an overlap area with spirituality and religion and mm-hmm. faith because that's such a theme of religion and spirituality and faith. Um, you know, it makes me think of um, in the Christian tradition. You know, Jesus often says things like, you know, um, if you want to find your life, you have to lose it, right? And right. and and I think it, to some extent that's kind of getting at the same thing. You know, if you want to lead a meaningful life, you 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 don't live your life focused on the things outside that you think are going to give you a meaningful life. Right. right. Um, C.S. Lewis is famous for saying, um, you know, the only way to find happiness is not to look for it. Um, um, yeah, there's this, I, I heard this talk one time about spirituality and she had this very simple message, which is spirituality is moving towards the things that give you life and avoiding the things that give you death. And it sounds so simple and easy, but the problem for humans is we get it so confused. Right. Because either things are illusionary, illusory, or we end up doing what other people do. So mm-hmm. we think we do the things that give us happiness. And sometimes they're easy, like eating a bag of Oreos or fear of missing out. So we do the easy things, and then we don't ask the question later of why am I depressed or unhappy? Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. so difficult to do the things that bring us joy yeah. because yeah. of the realities of being human and social creatures. And you can use categories of attachment or sin or how, you know, th- there's some overlap here as well that, um, that we have a really hard time doing what actually brings us happiness. Yeah. And maybe yeah. we don't see it because we think, oh, you're supposed to go get this powerful job and have the right zip code. So we get we get fooled by culture and society. Right. Right. Yeah. She, she says that, yeah, that the world teaches us 
that the wrong things give us happiness. I mean, yes. the, the, yes. what the world teaches us to give us happiness is wrong. Yeah. Right. Which is so, oh, you know, I mean, that's, yeah, that's it so, is. It, it is. such and a that, message that, of faith, the, right? Yeah. And the beginning yeah. of the spiritual life is simply yeah. figuring that out and stepping yeah. towards the things that do give you life, which often can be things of helping other people out or yep. serving or listening yep. or, you know, the things that don't, they don't pay, but they, they don't pay in terms of the world, but they pay in terms of the spirit. Right. Right. And the, right. even the religion, world religions are quite different. They all agree on some of these basic ideas of things that bring us neuroscientific happiness. Right, right, yeah, and it's, it's that like it's we can that, agree on these things, yeah. That unity of truth, yeah, yeah. That these things kind of when you move at least in the same direction or toward toward right. the same. For, thing. for any religion to succeed, it has to deal with the human, and to yeah. deal with the human means certain basic realities, like yeah. food, festivals, um, community, community, correct, yeah. socialization, joy, yeah. Uh, yeah, so and that's why all compassion yeah, yeah, service. Yeah. So that's why religions always touch on these things to succeed. But they're going to have different ideas about them and different emphases. But yeah. we find many similarities in world religions. Yeah, because yeah. we got to eat. You got to eat. Right, right. You know, there's three. Uh, there's three sacraments in the Methodist Church. You know this old joke. Oh, there's I'm actually three. To hear it. The first one is baptism. Baptism. Second one is Lord's Supper, communion. Yeah. And the third is covered dish. So. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Yeah, it is yeah. very sacramental. Yeah, it is. But dish. every religion's got some take on eating yeah. together. Yeah. 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 I, that's very true. And with the deviled eggs. The deviled mm, eggs. Now, some people in the Bible Belt are uncomfortable with that and call it the. They call them cold eggs. What are they cold, cold eggs because they've cold been chilled. Eggs because cold eggs. you don't want to say deviled, deviled eggs because oh, that I guess okay. might invite yeah okay something too exciting. Okay, okay, <laughs> interesting, interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you got a question whether saying the word devil sort of somehow magically. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like yeah. Candyman. Like, why is saying this word giving right, 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 <laughs> right? right. There's interesting. That idea. Interesting. It's almost like a witchcraft thing. Yeah. I'm probably going to cut this bit out. Anyway. No, it's all good. It's all good. We got ways to know. I'm terrible. No, Uh, you're not. You're not. No. I need a paddle so I could strike myself in the head. (laughs) No. (laughs) Yes. I affirm you. I affirm you. (laughs) I think the episode has been enhanced by the discussion. My neurodiversity just went down. No, no. You're awesome. You're awesome. Um, But I love it. No, I I, I think this is, um, you know, and so then she goes on to say, of course, as, as, as her central argument of chapter two, and then and then she expands upon it in the following chapters, which we're not getting into, but that that there are in her observation and in her her studies, not just observation, her studies, there are four intrinsic rewards uh, internal to us that generate happiness: mm-hmm. um, satisfying work, um, the experience of being successful, or the hope of being successful, social connections, and meaning. And, and what she says that, you know, that, that games are so well suited to satisfy these four intrinsic rewards that generate happiness in the human, in the, in the human soul, I might say, or the human experience, satisfying work, experience of success or hope of being successful, mm-hmm. social, social connections and, and meaning. And we could probably spend a lot of time getting into them, but I just think, you know, that's what she does in the following chapters, but 
you know, to me that just, you know, that makes a lot of, a lot of sense. You know, she talks about, um, because she doesn't believe work and play are opposites of each other, which I, right. which I love. You know, she says that and neither does Bernard Suits. Right, right. Yeah, she just says that that pl- play is work that we enjoy. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. that play is work that has its own intrinsic value. That play is not work is um, there's work that you do to obtain something else, and there's work that you do just because it has inherent value, and that is is play in, in some ways, you know, the work that has inherent value, the, the work that you, that, that you find inherent meaning and joy in anyway. Um, yeah. And that, that overlaps with the idea of vocation, which is yeah, a phrase yeah, meaning yeah. finding your purpose or calling. And so, yes, if you can find what gives you joy, which yeah. we don't usually talk about as a game idea, but it kind of is. Yeah, yeah. And then you, know, you get paid for it. If it's a yeah. paid vocation, you're like, this is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's this 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 cheap, um, I should say, inexpensive, uh, almost universally accessible um, tool that that most of humanity, probably maybe not all, but most of humanity has access to. And I don't mean just kind of the hobby board games. I mean any kind of game, any kind of play um, that allows us to nurture this kind of intrinsic happiness inside of us um that's that's within reach of, of almost everybody on earth you know and how mm-hmm. cool is that you know what I mean, that sounds like a pretty sounds like a divine gift mm-hmm. um but any any thoughts on i mean does that any thoughts from you kevin on on kind of her her argument that you know that these these four um intrinsic rewards that generate happiness are found in in games too the, the satisfying work the Success or hope of being successful, social connections, meaning things like that. No, I, I, it, it make, reminds me of this idea of magic or the magic circle. Like we're going to take mm-hmm. this, you know, paper and stuff, and we're and cardboard, and we're going to create a moment that is really intrinsically satisfying, and then it just goes in a box. Like that really is magic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's creating something, and it's something that's. It's weirdly ironic because none of it matters, and yet it's so much fun. Yeah. So yeah. that's just really awesome. I did wonder – I love the – in the chapter one, she talks about voluntary participation. And you could mm. almost work that in there as well, that that something intrinsically re- rewarding is because you did it and you chose to do it. Mm-hmm. That being mm-hmm. forced into it or – you know, convinced or connived or manipulated. No one, no one wants that. Everyone right. wants autonomy. Right. So if, right. and a game, you know, choosing to play a game and making choices and maybe doing a good job, maybe winning, maybe losing is satisfying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, it, it's great. And, and learning to win with dignity and lose with dignity. Yeah. These are intrinsic rewards that spill over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, respecting agree. others. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I'm getting a little corny here, but um, yeah, well, corny I, is our is our bread and butter, man. That's what we do. Rod- I just want to play a game with Mister Rogers. He <laughs> was a American kids TV host that di- right, died right. not not too long ago. So yeah, I, I find that interesting. One question, and you know, maybe at some point we can have her on the show. But oh, one great. question I'd ask her. Is this is all super positive? Some of the things she's exploring, though, are from Microsoft Lab Studios, 
And the dark side of especially video games is they are interested in manipulating us mm. in the interests of making money. Mm, mm. And that's why Facebook put the like button, which infamously was not on Facebook at first, but that's almost like a little video game. How many likes did you get? Mm. Liking people, they mm. like you back. So some of this is manipulating the bad parts of ourselves, mm. Mm. Of, of being jealous that someone's Instagram post got more than ours mm. or getting sucked into the you know, Reddit goes on forever. And Facebook, and you can just scroll, scroll, scroll. So it is manipulating lower elements of ourselves. There's an important book that I've not read, and it's called the, like many books, and it's called The Attention Merchants, and it's about the rise of really newspapers and modern media Hmm. and how they are commoditizing our attention Mm, because mm. the value in Google and Facebook is eyeballs and advertising. And so there's an element of, manipulating us that is not wholesome yeah and and board games can do that too especially with youtube and and endorsements and paid advertising or or advertising that we're not aware of an unboxing video and so that's manipulating us so there's a dark side to some of this research that's a great a great point i never thought about that in terms of the like button in social media as a way of essentially gamifying relationships for for making money kind of you know in, in yeah that's um, it's probably more gamifying attention but it is relationships yeah it is it's like amway let's get you to sell stuff to your friends and neighbors yeah yeah that's a great point i would love to hear her thoughts on that yeah yeah because that is a concern and and the fact that kids are playing a lot of games it can be addictive i mean yeah. games can be addictive yeah. like so when, games are a tool like any tool and i and sure in other episodes, we've said, you know, uh, it's in some ways I like to think it's more than a tool, too. But if, if it is at least a tool for achieving something like happiness, like any tool, you can uh, use a tool for great purposes or not so great purposes. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Everything has its dark side yeah. um, pretty yeah. much. So, yeah. so it's not a surprise that games do as well. I think yeah. board games, the finite element does encourage us to to do something different. Yeah. Whereas there are online video games that famously people all of a sudden realize they've been in the flow and it's 3 a.m. And they didn't mean to stay up that late. Yeah. yeah. Or even the how Netflix and channels auto start the next episode to encourage you to keep watching. Yeah. And YouTube yeah. as well. When I was six years old, I got into a Candyland flow. Uh-huh. Uh, I remember that. Next thing I know, next thing I knew I was, I was nine. <laughs> You were awful. on uh, 60 was... Minutes, that news TV show, right? They were, you were the kid that, yeah. That's right. That's you right. had this beard and long toenails at six, so you like lived in a cave. That was, it was awful. The Candyland years, they were... They were Every uh... time you went to the bathroom, your mom just reset the board for it. You're like, yay! Yeah, it's true. It's true. So um, no, it's not. Um, but it's... Yeah, um, no, it's not. But it would no, be that's, funny. That would be... It would be well, Kevin, this is this has been awesome. I wish we could talk more about this, but yeah, we I love talking... how you've brought us into books. So, oh, books well, are great. Thank you. Thanks for one well, for you too. Yeah, thank you for um, being willing to uh, to talk about these things and 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 your great insights as well. I'm I'm and these are great. Yeah, so thank you, thank you. Um, um, and we will be talking about. Um, this book again in the future, but it's going to be a while. We're not going to do it. It's mm-hmm. like, like it's not going to be next episode. 
Um, so speaking of the future, yeah, Kevin, do, how do you want to, how do you want to, um, how do you want to, uh, call us, call us to action as we, as we wrap up this episode t- today? Well, what I want to call us to action is that people is this the exciting announcement? should, no, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait on the exciting announcement. The first thing you should do is. Give us some feedback on Discord, which is a lot of fun, and contact yeah. us by email, info at boardgamefaith.com, and uh, I'll engage us. Let us know what you're thinking. Let us know what, what ideas you have for future episodes. So we'll, uh, give us a like on iTunes. We'll wait. Go ahead. We're waiting. Yay. Yay. Thank you. So get the word out. We've now we've now hit 1500 downloads which is awesome so grateful yeah so yeah we want to find folks that want to continue this conversation so help us do that but our big announcement is daniel ah sorry (laughs) i keep i hit it to stop it but that restarts it i have to hit the pause button (laughs) I'm so bad. I'm the worst sound engineer no, ever. No, anyway, no, give the announcement, Daniel. We are starting a Board Game Faith newsletter. Um, and Yeah, and it's going to be alternating um, with the weeks that we don't put out the podcast. So one week there'll be a podcast, one week there'll be a newsletter, one week there'll be a podcast, one week there'll be a newsletter. And we would love to have you um, be on our list for the, for the newsletter. It's It's going to be an email newsletter, and it won't be very long. Um, but, um, but yeah, Kevin, it costs some $500 we're talking about? <laughs> minus $500. So it costs zero, but yeah, we're going to chat there a little, uh, about things we're reading and interested in and some topics and games we're playing. Um, we, I think, yeah, it gives us a chance to have some side conversations. Yeah. Yeah. Is that fair? And expo- exploring other th- things that media interest us too right now, like, like books or music or movies as well. Um, all kind of around this intersection of faith and life. Um, if you would like to receive the newsletter, like, totally free, we would love to have you get it, except for Kevin. It's a, like $500 yes. for him yes. and, and for me That's too. That's what you told but, me that I'd pay you. And, and, it's it's, it's, yeah. um, if you would like to receive the newsletter for free, there are a few ways you can do that. Um, one, you can go to any of our social media and um, look for our, our link tree link, um, which is link linktr.ee slash board game faith. And, um, there on our link tree, you'll find a button you can click to sign up for the newsletter, or you can just email us directly and say, Hey, I want to be on the newsletter. And, uh, as Kevin said earlier, that's, uh, info at boardgamefaith.com. uh, info at boardgamefaith.com. It's probably going to be a, a week or so before you get your first newsletter, but we would love to have you be a part of this conversation. Um, cause this is really a community and we want it to feel like that. Yeah. Um, and we want to highlight some of you all. So we want to get uh, some information that you can share just vaguely, you know, about where you live and what games you're playing and, and why you're interested in this topic. And then we can highlight sort of highlight you and help build that community of who's listening and, and who's out there. Cause yeah. we know someone's out there. Yeah. Is there any? I'm I'm out there for you, Kevin. Hello, 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 Pete Floyd. <laughs> so yeah, 
yeah, we, we're, we're going to work with that, and that'll be a part of the newsletter. It's yeah. Sort of a meet and greet. Yeah. Part Church of, fellowship hall. That's right. That's right. We really want to, to get to know you better, and that really, as Kevin said, that really is the main reason for, for this. You, um, um, it means a lot that you get, that you allow us to be a part of your day, um, into your circle of board games and faith and, um, the things that matter to you. And yeah. And just the fact that you allow us to be a part of that, um, and to be part of your life in this little small way through this little small podcast means a lot. And this is part, and we want to just, get to know you better and to say thank you and to be a part of kind of nurturing this community and see what happens to it. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Awesome. Well, next time, next time, next time, next time, we're going to be taking a look at spiritual lessons of action selection games. Are the things Woo-hoo. you can learn about yourself Yeah. And spirituality from an action selection game, which is a type of game where you choose your actions. That's right. And if if you want to find out more about what they are, if you don't know what they are, that's totally cool. Just tune in next time. Yes. Or Google it. Or Google it. Yeah. I like to Bing it, Microsoft. Are you a Binger? I'm not really. No. But I do use Microsoft PowerPoint, and you can insert images into it. Okay. Through Bing. Okay. So indirectly, okay. I use Bing. That's cool. Because you can do it within, you don't have to leave the program. Oh, that makes sense. And then why do you want to use it? Yeah. Or you can duck, duck, go it. You can duck, duck, go it. Or ask to use it or whatever. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Kevin, you're awesome. And listeners, you're awesome. And it's been so awesome to get to spend these moments with you today. Bye, Daniel. Bye-bye, Kevin.